You're listening to Team Talk on ESPN Radio, 1017 The Team. Joe Neal, Sam Hauser, thank you so, so much for listening to ESPN Radio, 1017 The Team. Well, the National Sports Media Association, Sam, gives out uh, awards to uh, representatives in all 50 states, okay? They give a sportscaster award uh, out every year. This year, of course, it was our very own Scott Galetti. Congratulations to Scott. There's I like some, chicken. There's some big names on this, by the way. Lee Faria, the Lobo Insider, won it last year. Jack Nixon has won it multiple times. And then they also give away, not only for sportscasters, but for sports. Sports writers. Last year, Jason Groves, we have him on quite a bit from the Las Cruces Sun Times. He was the winner last year. And joining us now is Will Weber. He is the recipient of this year's award. Third time in about nine years. Congratulations there, Will. Yeah, you know, I wish they gave me a bonus at work for that, but they don't. <laughs> I, I I don't hear any, I, I win that award and I, I haven't heard a, word, a single word from anybody I work with. <laughs> it's like, yeah, whatever. Just go in your corner already. Uh, I'll tell you, you want to really feel bad, Will? Bob Brown won that award a years back, okay? Well, we yeah. sent not only Bob, but his producer uh, to to uh, North Carolina. Um, so uh, we, we, we went all out. You're not seeing that out of Phil Kasowski? company yeah, no yeah <laughs> well, you know and phil phil was a nine-time winner of that award okay. they, they retired that thing because of him because <laughs> and, and yet yeah, it, it, like i've i tried to float the idea when i won it a few years ago yeah phil i've never been to north carolina it'd be kind of interesting He's like yeah whatever yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah we sent bob and ray montano to salisbury north uh carolina it, it is a big deal so congratulations to you and scott and uh yeah i mean some of the names that'll be attending that event i mean they're the biggest names in sports broadcasting sports writing all right will uh you're up there at the santa fe new mexican but you, we see a lot down here uh at the pit and um you know what the Lobos did in bouncing back from UNLV's law, the loss, I, I think I got a, a, I give a lot of credit to Coach Richard Patino. Will. I mean, you got the loss against UNLV. They're down by, I think, 11 with six minutes to go in the first half to San Diego State. They finish with a flurry, and at some point, we, we do got to give some credit to Coach Patino, don't you think? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and that's the thing is, is they lose on the road or they lose a game. And the knee-jerk reaction is the roof is caving in. <laughs> was, no, no doubt. I went, the, I went to the game. Uh, I was at the game at Fort Collins against Colorado State, and they lost that game. And that was one of the questions I had for them as well. You know, I'm sure back home people are, you know, they're panicking, and there's people running in the streets just can't get over this. And that's what he brought you the, the, the answer he gave up the other day. He said, well, look, I've, I've endured a lot of one-game losing streaks in my career, and everything works out fine, but... You know, the guy knows how to, you know, he's done a great job with the roster that he has. He's built a guard-heavy offense with two really good inside players, and he's adjusted well. He's pared down the depth chart to the eight, nine guys that he wants, and he knows the style that he wants to do, which is up-tempo, play a lot of defense. And really, they're they're one of the few teams, and probably the only team in the Mountain West that actually does it to that level so far so yeah he's got a good thing going on right now yeah no the, yeah, I'm glad you mentioned the defense there um you know especially when you're at home 
uh, you can push the envelope a little bit because, like, every time, you know, a foul is called, uh, you know, while a guy is defending somebody uh, against the Lobos, the crowd thinks it's, like, the worst call they've ever seen in their life. And so every time a foul is called on New Mexico, the the, the crowd gets engaged. But, you know, you see how... Uh, I don't know. I mean, you've watched a lot of basketball, too, here around here. Uh, have you ever seen anybody, Lobo or not, that can guard as closely end-to-end as Jalen House? Yeah. It's it's uh, like uh, it's amazing there, and, and the fans yeah. are getting into it, too, Will. Yeah, you know, he's he's kind of like, uh, like, you know, like Deion Sanders when he was in the NFL. Man, you couldn't stand that guy when he, he was in there. There's just so many people that hated his guts. But when he's on your team, you loved him to death. And I know that for a fact because he played for the Redskins for you know, five minutes. It, it, he was on Washington. <laughs> he loved him. And that's Jalen House. The, the rest of the league can't stand him. But I tell you what, people would sell their, their firstborn child to have him on their team because the guy has a motor that doesn't stop. I think he drives a lot of people crazy because he's so over the top with, with the way he reacts and, and everything that he does. But that's the kind of guy you want on your team because he can get the crowd into it. He gets his teammates into it. And everyone you talk to on that team, from the, the guy who barely plays to the superstars, they love him because he's that he's the quiet, kind of almost the weirdo, introverted, uh, over-the-top guy when he's on the floor. But off the court, he's just the, this mild-mannered kid that everyone loves. And, and he's fun to watch. And I think if they're going to do anything, if they're going to do anything with this conference, it all revolves around him because when he plays well, when he's on, there is no one else like him in the conference, maybe maybe even in the entire country. All right, let's talk about the conference here. I said earlier there's 11 teams in basketball. Uh, there's there's four that will be playing on that Wednesday, and then uh, the other seven this could go down to the final week of February to find out where they're seated. I mean, uh, it, you know, a lot of years they've talked about how great the Mountain West Conference is. Uh, it, it really is legit to say, because I'm going to throw UNLV in there. You know, they got the Boone Brothers back recently, and we saw what they did against the Lobos. They played Utah State tough. They beat uh, Boise at Boise. Um, so, I mean, you've got seven teams here that are, it's going to be a battle to the very end, because I don't, I'm not sure if San Diego State, I'm, I'm not trying to make too much of the Lobos beating them. I'm not quite sure if San Diego State, uh, you know, is going to be the same team they were last year, and they're not just this uh, well above uh, everybody else. So, talk to me about like teams that you see and the danger uh, moving forward in the Mountain West. Yeah, you know that the thing about the Lobos schedule is it lays out well for them at the early part. It does the first half of the schedule because look, they they play the four toughest teams in that conference at home in the first half of the schedule. It's the back half of the schedule that has you concerned. And and I, I, I looked at their schedule early on. The four games that they have coming up right now are really, essentially, they can't afford to lose any of them. Because they're going to Air Force, and then they go to San Jose State, and you, you, there's not a single team in the top half of the league that can afford to lose to Fresno, to Air Force, to San Jose. You have to win home and road with those teams. So the Lobos have got to go on the road. They've got to find a way to channel that energy that they get from home, win those two games. And granted, it's the two worst teams in the conference, but a win is a win. And then they come back and they play Nevada and Boise State back-to-back at home. If you can win those four games, you're sitting at 19-3 and overall. You're 7-2 and in the conference. And then you've got some momentum because back half of the schedule, you owe Boise State a home game. You owe Nevada. You owe San Diego State. 
And yeah, and it, it's it's a tough road for this team. So they got to pile up wins while they can. But I've thought this for a while. I it, for the longest time, people forgot about Boise State because they had four losses in the non-conference. And you're thinking, ah, oh, they're done. You forget about them. I, but I think Boise State's the best team in the conference because they're older. They've got three forward guys that can average double figures in rebounds per game. They're, they're, so they're the, really the biggest, most physical team in the league. So I think San Diego State's right there. Granted, they're not the team they were last year, but they're still San Diego State. But that said, UNM has got a legitimate shot. I still, I, I thought this for a while too. I think of, of the top six teams, I think Colorado State is probably the most vulnerable. And they started off by losing a couple games against two of the better teams. But I think Colorado State is a team that could slip if they're not careful. But UNM is certainly, I think, one of the top three teams in the conference. But they've got to win a couple games in the road. You cannot afford to to fall against Air Force on Saturday. And we've all seen them do that. They, they lost to Air Force last year. You can't afford to lose those games at all. We're talking to Will Weber from the Santa Fe New Mexican here on Team Talk ESPN Radio 101.7 The Team. When you look at these last two games, Will, and you look at what the Lobos got out of Nelly and JT, do you look at this as sustainable? Or, I mean, is this just a two-game aberration? Or do you think this is a sign of, of what's to come for those two? Yeah, you know, well, Utah State runs that one-three-one zone, which they they almost dared the Lobos to throw the ball inside, and they did. To, to Patina's credit, and before going into the San Diego State game, he was convinced that this team had to shoot more three-pointers, and they did. They jacked up a lot of threes against San Diego State. They weren't terribly successful, and they were doing the same thing against Utah State. They were trying to shoot over that zone, and they didn't shoot the ball particularly well. But inside the two, inside the three-point line, they shot. I believe it was 77% against Utah State. And that's the thing is they adjusted well by giving it to the two big guys. And Nelly, I'm actually writing a feature about Nelly for tomorrow's paper, but he has not, he's the only player in the entire team that hadn't spoken to the media yet. We had no access to him at all. So when he came walking into the press, the press room after the, the Utah State game, he was like, well, hang on a second. I just braced myself. I never even heard this guy's voice. And so it was the first time I had a chance to talk to him. And he, it's it's like everything else, the scouting report I've gotten from everyone else on the team is that he's this soft-spoken kid who has kind of got an old-school mentality. And sure enough, he is like that. He's exactly down-to-earth, and he's extremely humble. But he, it's like I told him the other night. I said, really, it's the first time we've seen you with those kind of hops. We, we've been waiting all year to see the Nelly who could finish at the rim and, and play above the rim because for so long he was, no, it wasn't quite there, but you can tell he's got his sea legs under him right now. And I think more than anything, aside from the points and aside from the rebounds, you're seeing a big man who can legitimately play defense by stealing the ball. He's one of the top steal guys in the team, right? And he's becoming a rim. He's he's a he's a rim defender. He's that kind of guy. And I think that's his greatest attribute: is the guy can make plays happen on defense, whether the ball's on the ground or it's up in the air. You guys are talking about Jalen House, and it goes without saying how important he is to the team, but we, we get these box scores after every game from Steve Kirkland, and one of the elements on there is point differential when guys are on and off the floor, and, and the Lobos, they're holding their own statistically when Jalen House is not on the floor, but what are your eyes showing you, Will, just as far as what this team is able to do when he's not out there with, with the foul yeah. trouble or whatever it might be? Yeah, and I think that was the biggest concern people had about the Lobos because, look, y'all, we all know about Donovan Dent. We all know about Jamal Mashburn and Jalen House and true Washington. You can throw them in there. 
They've been, well, most teams have one good, really good guard, like Colorado State has Isaiah Stevens. The Lobos have four of them. And so the, the thing was, we all know what he, individually what these guys can do because the injuries to House and to Mashburn gave Donovan Dent a chance to evolve and become the player that he is right now. And so I think the, the idea was, well, gosh, what's going to happen when all three of them are healthy? In the first couple of games throughout the conference, they still they've kind of stutter stepped their way through it, but now that Mashburn's finally starting to get it, to get back to groove, his shot is still she's still struggling to find it. But you have him, you have Dent who slashes to the basket, you have House who can shoot inside and outside. I think those three together, if once they really learn how to truly play together, like they did against the, I think Utah State's the best the three of them have looked at the same time. It's it's kind of it's kind of frightening to think how good that team can actually be because. It's not just them who have to hoist all the shots because they've got two big guys. You know, if, if now that Amzil's starting to hit some shots, you have a, a six foot nine guy who can actually shoot a jumper and and play basically the four or the five if he has to. They've got depth and they've got talent, and now it's like, man, let's see what these guys can do if they can stay healthy, they get on the road, they get they get a few wins. Let's see how far they can go. And I agree with you wholeheartedly about the you know what they're doing inside the three-point lines. Uh, I'll tell you what, Will, it, it doesn't even seem like a lot of those shots are contested uh, because they're running such good offense. All right, Will, uh, people can find your story about Nellie Jr. Joseph uh, at the Santa Fe New Mexican uh, tomorrow and follow <laughs> your stuff all year long at the Santa Fe New Mexico. Congratulations again on the award. Appreciate you joining us, Will. Well, it's always fun talking with you, buddy. Hey, anytime, guys. I appreciate it. Thank you. You got it. Will Weber, Santa Fe, New Mexico, joining us on the Daniels Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning Cool Take Hotline. All right. When we come back, we're going to wrap up this hour. It's going to be a cowboy update, and there's a lot more than just the status of Mike McCarthy. Sam will tell you all about it when we come back. I'm Joe O'Neill. That's Sam Hauser, Team Talk, ESPN Radio 1017, the team.